This is Bird Note. Listener, you're beautiful. That's for sure. And you may be like a bird, but we hope that you don't fly away from this episode of Chats in a Pickle. It's the show where we cover non-struck work. I'm Magellan, and this is Alan, who's lovely, and some other lyrics from Nelly Furtado's I'm Like a Bird. Worldwide smash hit, charting number nine in the U.S. Wow. Number one in Canada, number two in Australia. She's Canadian. Ah. That's wild that she did I'm Like a Bird and then was also in the music video. Or she sings Promiscuous with Timbaland, which when I was like 13, I don't want to age myself, 14, 13 years old, was the sexiest video of all time. Uh Uh, It's nice that it was, you know, sexy and taught vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. I did not know what the word promiscuous meant before that at all. But it's like just people dancing in a club, and I was like, oh, what's going on? My brain is, they don't know how to process this. Same huh. thing with AO Technology, which was, I believe, 50 Cent and Justin Timberlake. Uh, speaking of Justin Timberlake, did you hear that in Britney Spears' new memoir, she talks about how the way he changed, he code switched when he would talk to black people? Oh, boy. <laughs> fucking nuts you should listen to it um i (laughs) i have an attention span and can focus on a conversation one one topic at a time like this here i go hi magellan thanks for asking i'm doing well it's good to talk to you i've been looking forward to this episode for about seven days (laughs) how are you doing so i'm doing fantastic (sighs) and uh i'm really excited to get to the main I, I don't want to say meat because this is a pickle. So the main uh, green sickly flesh of this episode. But first, Alan, big, big uh, question or big thing we got to do. You ready? I'm so ready, dude. It's the pickle check. Pickle in the fridge. I got a pickle in the fridge. I got my wife all over me. But there's a pickle in the fridge. When my wife is out, I got the pickle in the fridge. When my wife is at home, I do not touch the pickle in the fridge. Because there's a pickle in the fridge. I'm going to punch you in my teeth. <laughs> Alan, did you eat any pickles this week? Sorry, before I answer that, I was trying to look up with the name of the newest song that he put out, which is Summer 09. It's a freaking banger. Yeah, Ryan so good. So good. And so sometimes I'll look up Ryan Duran Alvarez videos when it's like really late at night and I need to laugh at something to go to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the searches of my YouTube history was uh-huh. <laughs> Ryan Jordan Albatross Chicos. <laughs> <laughs> I just like couldn't think about how to spell Alvarez. It's like so someone like... that's only ever overheard conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> TJ Maxx song. <laughs> it's like you're getting ads for the store. You're like, no, no, TJ Maxx. I, um, I. Uh, Brian Jordan Albatross is the new. It's the new funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, I yeah. did have a at least one pickle this week. It's becoming okay. an obligation. You know, sometimes it's like I don't necessarily want a pickle, but you know, I feel this pull, and they're still sitting yeah. there in the fridge. Yeah. But I was thinking, I literally like came out of the bathroom and I wanted to text you so badly that I want to crunch it with my teeth is a fucking bar like no other. <laughs> and then I was like, don't, 
like let Magellan live his life. Like, what do you just just like let that thought pass you by? It is like, a bar. I would have loved to commiserate about that. <laughs> now you get to. Now you get to. And so does the yeah. listener. I'm gonna yeah. crunch it with my. And the way he says it, satisfying. But yes, I had one pickle. It was fine. Okay. What about you? Um, I didn't eat any pickles. Although, uh, <laughs> first of all, uh, Amanda's been listening. Girlfriend of the pod, Amanda has been listening to these episodes, and so now hi, Amanda. She's like, following up with me about <laughs> what i say about uh our pickle eating habits which is funny yep. um but before the podcast we're recording this on october 30th so halloween is tomorrow but over the weekend uh we did at our apartment we did a halloween party yeah. and um you asked what our costume was <gasps> and um i'm gonna send stop. you a picture stop this no was a couple's way. costume I already I'm gonna send a you a picture. I know. Oh, what's your guess? What's your guess? Is it please? Is it TJ Mac and his wife? <laughs> no, that would be pretty funny, but pretty specific. You might not totally be able to get what my half of the costume is from the particular picture I just sent, but you might figure it out. Okay. All right. Did you receive that? Where do? Where was I sent this? Oh, a text. I texted it to you. Okay. To your phone number at one two three <laughs> four five six. Okay, I just received it. <laughs> okay. Who, uh, who are these people? I love your look. You look so comfy. The dread. I can't even read it. The dread lamb. Is that what the dread is? lord, conspirator of Bane and Merkel of the Dead Three. She's uh, a god of violence and ritualistic killings. <gasps> Wait, she's pickleball. Pickleball. And then what are you? Oh my. Are you Vale? Are you Vale? Like B A A L? Yeah. So, so we both, our couple costume together was Pickleball. Amanda's wearing That's a pickle insane. costume and has a pickleball racket and a ball. And then I'm Ball, Lord of Murder of. Uh, the Forgotten Realms, uh, made famous by the Baldur's Gate series of video games. Uh, and I have a pickleball paddle that I taped a bone knife to. So it's a paddle on one side, knife on the other side. And I've got my evil robes and stuff. I, I, um, I saw this tweet format this week that was like, I hate gay Halloween. Why are, why are you like the dog from Air Bud in the background of one scene? So this is, I hate gay Halloween. Why are you pickleball? <laughs> Uh, that's high level did people get did anybody get it did people have well, the same I moment had, that i just had on the other side of the paper in the picture it says ball lord of murder so okay. i gave you like the hard version of figuring it out um but people didn't get it without the that aid which makes sense yeah um but for the people who were in it, in on it and knew who Ball was and were able to piece it together without being directly told, they were like, okay, that's pretty okay. good. Okay. That's pretty fun. I love it. And then there are some people where it's like, wait, so what are you? And I hold up the thing. I'm like, I'm Ball, Lord of Murder. And they're like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, what? Are, who is that? <laughs> Am I supposed to know what that is? Pickle so. Ball. I think some people also pronounce that as Bale. Even if somebody got what you are, they wouldn't get the joke right away. Hmm. But um, yeah, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Pickleball, damn, that's like seven yeah. lever- layers of <clears throat> relevant. Honestly, 
to chats in a pickle. Exactly. That's right. Speaking of, uh, let's talk about my pickle for this week. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to crunch your pickle with my teeth. Respectfully. So sorry, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, I don't take it like that. <laughs> Respectfully. Uh, so this is actually a triple pickle. This is a trip, trip pick, trip, triple, pick. as as we would call it. And I want to talk about these things in the following order. All of them are bird related. I'm realizing there's kind of a daisy chain thing where last week it was like Edgar Allan Poe, the Raven. Okay, yeah, that's now the we're thinking point. birds, right? So we're gonna fly on into November, um, or something, with a three part episode about bird related stuff. So I want to go the Bird Note Daily podcast. We each listened to about a week's worth of its episodes, right? You did that? Yes. Oh, I listened to over a week's worth, but yes. <clears throat> okay, great. Um, then I want to talk about the Merlin Bird ID app and our experiences with it. Yeah. And then I want to talk about um, the <clears throat> bird documentaries playlist uh, experience that we both had as the third part. Does that sound good? That sounds perfect. Okay. And there's going to be a home game for this episode for the listener. I want you to go get the Merlin Bird ID app. And I want you to have it ready to identify by sound ID. This is the Cornell Labs. This is from their ornithology thing. So, like, this is some real stuff that it can do. And to kind of break up the different segments, I'm going to play different bird sounds and whoever can be the first to DM me the names of all the birds represented in this episode, you're going to feel really good about that. The you're fact that you did it first. You're going to get a free pickle. You're... Um, <laughs> Asterisk. Chats cannot not provide free pickles to the listener who wins this challenge. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, so... Here we go. This is the first bird sound to indicate that we are beginning the first segment. You ready? Mm-hmm. You hear that? I do. I think I know that one. Okay. That's a that's a low ball. That's a low ball for yeah. uh, all our listeners there. So again, have have a chat open to me, a DM, Discord DM open to me with with your responses. Um, okay, so let's talk about the first thing we did, which is we listened to about a week's worth of episodes of Bird Note Daily. Now, Bird Note Daily is a, as the name would describe, a daily podcast um, that I believe is affiliated with NPR. Um, and essentially, it is a podcast where they share like... So, Usually it's facts and things that are bird related um, and that are meant to be informative, but also really meant to be these kind of like sonic landscapes that involve bird calls and other sorts of things. Um, So it's kind of educational, but it's also kind of meditative. Um, Really, the episodes don't ever last longer than about two minutes or so. Um, And yeah. Had you heard of this podcast before this or anything like that? Um, I had not. Yeah, I, I, I do love um, short form podcasts. Um, I'm a big fan of the Merriam-Webster word of the day. I listen to that every day and have for like four years now. I listen to the Slowdown, which you recommended. That's a poetry podcast. 
every day. Um, and I listen to the Best Advice Show, which is also like a five minute micropod kind of. Um, but I had never heard of Burden Oak Daily. No. How did you hear about it? Um, I don't remember how I heard about it. Also, I don't, I don't actually know if it's associated with NPR. I think I may have made that up. But I, I was think... not able to find much about this podcast when I was Googling it, which is interesting. That's why I'm like, how did you it find it? It airs, oh, okay, it airs on, I think, terrestrial radio on an oh. NPR affiliate, maybe. Um, and then it gets distributed online as a podcast. Um, but it's like a Seattle-based show. Um, anyway, it's like produced by the Seattle Audubon Society, like a chapter of the National Audubon Society. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think, I don't remember, you know, maybe it was suggested to me by my podcast app or something, or I'd kind of searched for like short podcasts. I don't know. I've for a long time had a sort of side fascination with birds, um, one of my favorite things ever, like historical uh, little curiosities, um, is when I was in college in the special collections at the library. I was in a history class where they like took us to the special collections mm -hmm. and they showed us one of um, Audubon's original, whatever the book was called, like Birds of the Americas or something like that. Um, it's like this big book with these early sketches of of uh, birds in America at the time and stuff like that. I just really like when I was a kid, I loved watching animal documentaries and things like that. So for whatever reason, either I sought this out or the algorithm figured that out about me. And so I've been meaning to listen to it for a while, but hadn't uh, prior to this point. So this was a good excuse to do that. Gotcha. What, uh, what, what did you think about bird note daily? How does it stack up to those other like daily micro podcast experiences for you? Yeah, I actually took some brief notes on it, but it's definitely going in my rotation. Um, so the website, uh, birdnote.org describes it as a two minute radio show celebrating the amazing lives of birds. They actually have three bird podcasts on here. They have bird note daily. They have bring birds mm -hmm. back, which is about the joy of birds and how we can help them. And Threatened, which is a such a scary title. And that's about protecting birds and the places that we love. Fascinating. Mm. Um, and so that being said, like Bird Note Daily is like a respite from the news. It's just like, uh, when I wake up, the first things I think about are like an interesting word, a poem I've never heard before, and a bird I've never thought about. And a lot of my time with this experience that you kind of crafted for us this week has been like, letting my mind go to think about things like birds and bird calls and bird habitats instead of the other things that my mind tends to gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been super relaxing. I mean, like to be specific, like I listen to Merriam Webster while I'm getting out of bed. I listen to the poetry one when I'm brushing my teeth and I listen to bird nut when I'm walking to the bus. So like mm. it's, it's literally my like two minute walk to the bus stop uh podcast and it has been for this whole week and i don't it's really charming it's really well produced like yeah. it's it's an audio soundscape for two minutes it jumps right into it it's just like hey bird note daily you ever think about how birds like caterpillars here's why you're like whoa i didn't think about that good morning 
Welcome <laughs> to the world. <laughs> <laughs> and you just there's so many topics. You know, you I keep thinking yeah. like there can't be this many topics, and I scroll back and back and back and back, and there's just so many. Um, some of them came up yeah. even in like in like the, the the footage that we watched, the documentary footage that we watched. But like mm-hmm. birds are freaking cool, and there's so many different kinds that I even struggle to believe these are all in the same species you know mm-hmm. like the fact that a hummingbird and a dodo are even in the same species is like confusing to me or that a peacock and a hawk are in the same species i'm like those well, are they're probably different... not the same species but sorry yeah, what's the word birds. i'm looking for uh yeah. i don't know genus uh, it's been a while since no genus is too small still i think it's like order probably or yeah something like that anyway we learned this in a uh, class at one point <laughs> but like yeah that they're all in i know the is same... king philip came over for good sex that's all i know <laughs> that's all i need to know baby <laughs> <laughs> i mean like that they're in the same there's a word i'm thinking of i can't i or that have in my head i can't think of but they're in the same like category yeah. Say that. yeah 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 it's just so interesting to me like there's an episode called the birds of yoga you know talking about like pigeons crow right. pose eagle pose yeah which is like about yoga and also like why we name things after birds. And then like just a couple days earlier, we're talking about crows and Kentucky warblers and why do hummingbirds eat what they eat. And I'm like, yeah. the fact that these are all under the same umbrella of birds is so interesting because they're very different, like theme thematic concepts. Yeah. Class, I think is the word we were looking for. They're in the same gotcha. class. Um, yeah. What do you think of Burnout anyway. Daily? Yeah, just to to kind of continue on what you were saying there. Um what surprised me about it, I also really loved it and it's like okay, this is going to be a daily experience for me. Um because like you were saying it's this very surprisingly immersive experience because it really plays with stereo audio and it's not just like they play a bird sound they're bringing other sounds into the soundscape there was one of these episodes that was like a i think it was the surfing with scoters one where they like play a beach boys song at the beginning and then they bring in these wave sounds and and uh, oh yeah the bird yeah, yeah, calls yeah. and stuff um so they really try to situate you in a place if that's you know what's relevant to the story that they're trying to tell about the bird and so Separate from some of these other micro podcasts, at least that I'm familiar with, I'm sure there are many micro podcasts that are like produced in this way. Um, but separate from the ones that I've listened to, like Merriam-Webster Word of the Day or um, the Slowdown or things like that, this is a storytelling podcast, and so each of the episodes sucks you in and also has an element of surprise to it that is that's exciting. Because the nice thing about a something like the daily or Merriam-Webster word of the day or the slowdown is there's a rhythm to each of those episodes. You know exactly how it's going to be structured. You know what to expect. You know that Peter Sokolowski is going to give you the definition, give you, uh, you know, in a sentence, the etymology of it. And then he's going to tell you to go to the website and whatever, whatever. Uh And you can kind of set your watch to, to that podcast. But with this one, you have no idea what's coming <laughs> in Bird Note Daily. You don't know from what direction they're gonna they're gonna hit you, and 
yeah, like the, the you pointed out the Birds of Yoga one, but when that one came up, in my head I was like, oh my god, they can do infinite bird note dailies. They can do yeah. so many of these because you've got like different types of birds, different ways that birds have evolved, different activities that birds engage in, different ways that human beings think about birds. Um, you've got the one that's the what makes an efficient flying bird. So this question about like analyzing birds from that perspective, like almost a mechanical perspective. There's so many lenses you can take on birds and uh it just it's like a fun exercise in showing you how many different ideas there are within this space because i think when you initially hear oh my god it's a show where every day they give you two minutes about birds you're like well how could they do that because you can imagine yeah, how they would that? do that for merriam webster word of the day Okay, yeah, there's a lot of words. They could give me one of those a day. Today's word is promiscuous. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was really delighted by, yeah, all the ways that they approached it, how different every single one was. And it kind of fits that moment in the morning podcast rotation, like you were saying, of, okay, I've woken up with the first two that I know exactly how they're going to go. And now my brain is ready for like that first spark of curiosity yes. of the day. Exactly. Um, and Bird No Daily is going to awaken me to that. So I, I really, I really liked listening to it for that reason. I think birds are just so interesting and diverse and weird and special. And yet, and then this will come up again when we're talking about like the footage, but like there are things I see in birds and read about in birds that I'm like, that's just humans, baby. I know, like, mm -hmm. it's inherently human to see ourselves and everything, but, like, there was, you know, mating rituals and stuff and patterning and posing and, and stretches that birds do that I was like, yeah, I, like, know that humans do this. And we think of them as, like, completely different, but there's there's overlap. And I think that's, like, the ultimate appeal of all this stuff is the sense of, like, this is a real living thing that has its own whole world and it doesn't have to deal with, like, the news or social media it just exists it just this guy these birds they just vibe and eat and feed their young and that's <laughs> all their whole life is and that's fucking awesome um, yeah you made a great point there about like how the how the daily or the more like morning daily podcast get more complicated it's why i don't listen to like i think it's called the daily like the new york mm -hmm. times one because mm -hmm. i don't want that but for the news like i have you know, newsletters for that when I get to the office and I like sit down and open Gmail. Yeah, right. I invite that. I choose to invite that to my, my day. But like when I just want to like be mildly stimulated and like start to, you know, create thoughts in the morning, like this show takes the cake, um, I think, in just like production quality and how it really encourages you to just listen. Because like, I don't know when I listen. I've listened to these things for years, like I said, and like there, are, I I couldn't tell you a single thing about a word of the day episode, except for the very very rare ones where Peter like kind of goes off script and gets a little funny with it. Mm -hmm. um, there was one recently where he it was like this word doesn't have an etymology that we're familiar with. Uh, anyways, it's a pretty <laughs> interesting word, huh? Isn't that weird? Okay, bye. <laughs> it's like wait, mm -hmm. huh? What, Peter? Why'd you choose that word then? Um, but we've heard no daily because every single one is different. It's like, I'm just going to hit play and this is going to be weird. And I'm going to learn something today. Great. My favorite Merriam-Webster 
where the day episode is the one where I forget what the word was. I think it was prostrate. And he goes into this whole segment about like, all right, look, there are lots of words for lying down and they all mean something slightly different. So I'm going to run them down real quick. There's prone, there's prostrate, there's, and he does like four or five synonyms and explains how they're all different. Yeah. Um, That one was pretty fun. Let Peter be weird. Let the birds yeah. be weird. The birds are weird. That's the great thing about this. Yeah. They've got uh older episodes in here too. Like there's the one from October 18th is about a Lego bird. Um so like I'll they don't right even back. need to cover real birds. They can they can do whatever they want. They can do Oh um, my god. What if they did episodes on fictional birds? Yeah. Like not just Lego, but like I'm sure they I'm sure they have. Like the bird from Aladdin, like the parrot. Mhm. Wow. What a co- what a concept. Yeah. Oh, good mic. Iago. I couldn't remember his name. I knew it was something cool. Yeah. Um, yeah any other thoughts got... on... Okay. Yeah. My last thought is that I can't believe we got nearly 20 minutes out of um, a two-minute bird podcast. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to transition over to our next segment. But first... Huh. Hmm. Can oh, I get that one yep, more time? There it is again. Yep, there it is. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, I think I can now get I, that one as well. Yeah. Now I will say, uh, to be fair to our international listeners, I'm using the birds that are from the Northeast United States pack. So you may want to have that pack downloaded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that's the only one that i have anyway so let's talk now about this little application that we got on our phones the merlin bird id app from cornell the cornell lab and uh tell me about how you came across this app or knew about it and uh if you have any experience bird watching um yourself curious so I remember caring about bird watching when I was really little and I would like get those little books that are like, you know, chronicles of if you see this bird, here's what it is. Like it looks like this and mm-hmm. has this color. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting, but I never like got deep into it. I just it was like a, you know, passing youth curiosity. Uh and I think it was a year ago, less than a year ago, that the Morning Brew actually posted about this app. Um and they were just like, Yeah, here's an app where and what they had framed it as, and this is true, is that Cornell Labs is taking the audio that you're recording and sort of like building a network. So it's all, mm-hmm. it's like a technically a data collection app in addition to being a bird ID app. It's part of a bigger experiment so that they can hear the environments that birds live in. Um, mm-hmm. Which to me makes it feel not like an invasion of privacy because it's entirely opt-in, but it's more like you are participating in research and getting information out of it, which I think in the context of like why people download apps like this is pretty cool um and, and yeah. feels it feels equitable because i don't think you could give an app away like this completely for free and just be like all right you guys you guys get a thing and we get nothing out of it it's like no i think mm-hmm. cornell gets value out of the stuff that you're recording cornell labs does i mean um mm-hmm. and you get to feel like a gosh dang pokemon master uh, collecting uh-huh. bird sounds uh-huh um so I had not used it. I, I think I used it a little bit, but I'm on an older phone right now. And I don't, my biggest issue with this phone and the reason I ordered a new one was uh, space. So you have to download the audio packs for the the app to work. 
Um, mm-hmm. If you record a bird sound without the audio pack, it'll never know what it is. I tested that on this most recent adventure. And it's like they don't have a single sound in there unless you download the pack. And just the Northeast United States is a gigabyte. So I had to like delete a bunch of stuff on my phone. Point is, um, just the sense that like what this really did for me, it's not just like, oh, I, you know, recorded stuff and it, it, I caught it. I found a bunch of birds and it felt like being a Pokemon master. It made me realize that birds are everywhere. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is weird to say. But like I'm yeah, wearing my I AirPods. Had the same experience. Yeah. I'm wearing my AirPods for 90% of my commute. And yeah. I take them out for five seconds, and not only do I hear, but I literally started to see more birds. And I was like, yes. have these yes. always been here? Like, that's just, there's this, like, yeah. specific part right in front of the train station I go to where there's a bunch of sparrows every morning, even after the rain. Like, it's been a very rainy week, so I have unfortunately not been able to get mm. a lot of bird sounds. Right, but same. Er- early in the morning, uh, I'll get sparrows. Later in the afternoon, I was getting, like, uh, I think I got a blue jay somewhere. And I was like, "Holy oh, crap! Cool. It's so rare." Um, I, it's it's freaking fun. It's very satisfying, and it makes you realize, like, "Oh, I'm hearing a different sound. Is that a different bird?" Because you start to recognize what a sparrow sounds like when you hear a bunch of million sparrows. Mm-hmm. Birdnote actually has Birdnote Daily has an episode called "Changing How You Hear the World," which is mm. it, about about this concept. But like, how there's just and this is like kind of artsy and foofy, but there's so much music out there that we're not listening to. And it's mm-hmm. birds, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was like my general experience with, with using the app. What about you? Yeah. I had a very similar experience with it where I used it this morning from my walk from the train station to school, which is about a 10-minute, 15-minute walk or so. Yeah. And I figured, well, actually, the first thing I used it for was I held it up to Melon while she was purring to see if the app would think that she was a bird, and it didn't. Um, I was hoping that she would chirp at it, because in the morning when she's hungry, she chirps at me to wake me up. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was already purring because she had already seen that I put food in the bowls, and they were just sitting up on the kitchen counter. So she was like not (laughs) worried about trying to convince me of anything anymore. I would be curious sometimes. Have you ever seen this? Like when a cat hears birds, they'll start making bird sounds. No, I haven't seen that before. It's like really creepy. I I wish there was a way to induce that uh, so that I could see how the app reacts to that. But I'm not sure how I would do that. Anyway, so I had the app with me on my walk from the train to school and like you it's it's been pretty rainy here the last couple days and it was kind of raining this morning so i was worried i might not get much and uh walking out of the train station i immediately because my eyes were looking saw perched on top of the stoplight like 10 pigeons just sitting in a row and suddenly like whooshing out from the sky there was this huge flock of pigeons that just started flying in a circle, like around and around Ooh. this stoplight mm-hmm. three or four times in a row. And I took this really eerie video of the kind of gray morning sky as all of these pigeons just start swooping around and around it. And I'm like, does this grim omen occur every morning or am I cursed? What's happening right now? (laughs) Um, 
but that was pretty pretty fun and then on my walk i always walk under this there's kind of like a freeway highway overpass thing and there are a lot of pigeons that hang out under there and the ground is always covered in pigeon poop and people like throw bread crusts and stuff there so a lot of pigeons will eat there so i try to get some pictures of them to use the app because they weren't really cooing all that much mm-hmm. um and the pictures just weren't quite great because i wasn't very close but then there's this other really great moment where somebody had scattered bird seed on the ground um a little bit like a five minute walk away from there and i walked past the bird seed and there weren't any birds there, I turn around and all of a sudden there were like 20 birds swarming this bird seed and munching on it. So I was able to get up and snap some pictures and see what they were. And I realized like, yeah, I know that there are pigeons here because there's always pigeon poop everywhere and I've seen them before. Um, But I don't ever think about how many there are. And there also were these other like small birds that I'm sure I had like, had a sense of before but i hadn't really clocked that there were multiple varieties of bird and then there were like gulls around too so there are like three or four different kinds of birds in the sky and intermingling yeah so it was cool to like actually observe that and understand Mm -hmm. what was going on there um and feel a little more connected to my surroundings just because there was more that I understood about them. Um yeah. It it's it's a really fascinating experience. Um yeah. just realizing how much sound is out there, how many types of birds are out there. Like we were saying with with um with Bruno and with like the thing we're gonna talk about next, it's just they all look different, they all sound different and they're all and they can intermingle and they've been there. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. It's like unlock it you know it's like unlocking a new sound that you've never heard before. Just the, mm. the realization like that there have been birds that I haven't been taking for granted all the time. So like um, part of my commute takes me to Boston's South Station Terminal, which is a really beautiful like train stop in, in downtown Boston that is like pretty open air. Um, and there's birds inside all the time. You know, like class, like when mm-hmm. people joke about you go to Home Depot, they do that all the time. But like, there are always birds at South Station. I never think about them. And I was there on Sunday and I was like, oh my God, there's so many birds here. What is going on? <laughs> and it turns out they've just always been there. We don't, they don't bother us. Like mm. birds are like one of the only a- animals. I guess they're animals, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That like primarily exist entirely outside of the purview of humans. Like a lot of them can just like exist and they don't bother us. We don't bother them. Obviously, you know environmentalism hat on we're destroying a lot of their of their environments and taking and getting rid of their habitats but what i mean is like if you see a dog it like changes the energy of a room right Mm -hmm. like you're like oh my god there's a dog here i'm like oh a cat is a pet that i you are responsible for because it's domesticated for human for humans but birds just kind of do their own thing like we keep birds as pets i know people who have birds as pets and they're pretty low maintenance. As long as you let them move around and you feed them pretty regularly, like they're going to be fine. They're like very self-sufficient. Right. Which is just interesting to me. I hope I'm making sense. I feel like I'm just like saying thoughts, but I don't know. No, I, are, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, 
do you want to read how many birds did you identify successfully with the app uh just the two just the blue jay and the sparrows because i got multiple sparrows do you want to read me your pokedex entries for the birds you identified yes okay which sparrow was it how do i see my history oh my sound recordings or life list should be in there oh really oh life list Oh, no, it's not a sparrow. It's an American robin. I was totally wrong. Okay. Okay. Fairly large songbird with round body, long legs, and longish tail. Gray above with warm orange underparts and blackish head. Hops across lawns and stands erect with its bill often tilted upward. In fall and winter, forms large flocks and gathers in trees to roost or eat berries. Common across from North America in gardens, parks, yards, golf courses, fields, pastures, and many other wooded habitats. Hmm. Shouts to them. And then a blue jay that I heard. Familiar but stunning jay found year-round throughout most of eastern North America. Bright blue above and pale gray below with a fluffy crest. Also look for black necklace and black and white... <laughs> necklace. <laughs> and black and white markings on the wings and tail. Pairs or small groups travel through mature, deciduous, or coniferous woodlands, often revealing their presence with loud, harsh jay calls. Frequently visits bird feeders where it is often aggressive towards other birds. And I'll, I'll note that I didn't see the blue jay. I only heard it. So that's the other thing is it's like such a beautiful bird. And I didn't even get to see it because I wasn't I couldn't find it. But it's pretty. Mm. Those are the two I found. What about you? Um, here are the two I found. Uh, one was rock pigeon. Whoa, fairly sick. large pigeon with wild and feral populations throughout the world. True wild birds nest on cliffs and in caves from Western Europe to Central Asia. Pale gray overall with two bold black wing bars and iridescent purple and green on neck. Feral varieties are common in cities and farmland, often in large flocks. Variable plumage, some identical to wild-type birds, but can be completely black, white, or orangey-brown brown, and in any combination in between. Um, and that was true. The like group that I saw eating the bird seed were a variety of different colors. One was entirely white, um, and then there was like different patterns and stuff it's like whoa pigeons actually look, look kind of cool mm -hmm. and then the other the little birds that i saw were called dark-eyed juncos so they call me unique called. sparrow within <laughs> unique sparrow with incredible variation between populations generally patterned with gray white and shades of tan all have pinkish bills and white outer, outer tail feathers juveniles are streaky Breeds in a variety of forested habitats, especially with conifers, found in any wooded habitat in the winter, often in flocks. Usually forages on the ground for seeds, but also fond of brushy thickets or weedy fields. Visits feeders. Subspecies include slate-colored, widespread, Oregon, west, pink-sided in the Rockies, gray-headed, Rockies and southwest U.S. to Mexico, red-backed, central Arizona and New Mexico, and white-winged. Breeds in Black Hills, winters mainly Colorado. Um, so, yeah. That those were the two that I found. The Dark Eye Junko is funny because when I play Pokemon and I'm like, whoa, there's different variants of like the bird types. That's probably based on something in real life. And then you see it and you're like, whoa, the Oregon Junko is so different than the <laughs> yeah. colored one. That's the same bird. Are you kidding me? Cool. It's like, yeah, that's how that's how evolution works. They look different. Yeah. I just like that they they like to match the aesthetic of the place that they're in. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Any final thoughts on Merlin Bird Idea before we do our last segment? No, I'm definitely keeping this app though because I want to. I want to quote unquote catch more birds. 
Yeah, me too. It's really fun. I'm I'm curious about it. I don't. This is not an, a you know sponsored endorsement. It's just a cool app that I heard about and have been playing with for a few days now. Yeah. All right. Let's transition to our last big segment. I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, so this last segment, I think I talked about this last week. This is something that I invented somehow in my sophomore year of college. Um, This was kind of around the time that I was like a little lonelier, um, uh, maybe experiencing some depression, maybe experiencing the effects of some undiagnosed ADHD and executive functioning disorder type stuff. And like all of that was happening my sophomore year of college. And this experience uh, was like a very soothing thing for me and helped me to feel centered and able to confront a lot of the the tasks and things that I had to do at the time. Um, I called it bird documentaries was sort of my shorthand for it. And um, at the time, I specifically was watching um, a series of documentaries that I'm not going to name by name, but it was, uh, what's his face? David the guy Attenborough. At David Attenborough. So, yep. you know, big ups to him. I watched this clip of, an, of a talk that he gave, by the way, um, the other day where he was saying that 70, get this, 70% of the world's birds are domesticated by humans. Whoa. Most of them are chickens. Oh. Yeah, which is kind huh. of wild to think about. Truly. Um, anyway, so I would watch those documentaries. I'd put them on mute, and I would play music, and I would just kind of see if stuff lined up. And uh, I, there were like 10 episodes in that docuseries, and I went through them all, and I did that with them. And I would watch some of them with people who lived in my suite with me, or I think I did this with Arthur. And so he brought it up in the discord as like a thing we could do on one of these episodes. Um, and he was actually the inspiration for this episode, reminding me of that. So thank you, Arthur. Thanks, Arthur. But um, yeah, so I found a documentary for us to watch that I won't again name by name for it might be struck work reasons it's kind of a gray area so let's just avoid it um and alan you constructed a playlist and i constructed Mm -hmm. a playlist and we watched on the same documentary (laughs) yeah so so we had very different experiences from each other um by virtue of creating independent playlists which is exciting to me indeed and i'm so curious i really hope we have at least one overlapping song i think that'd be absolutely incredible (laughs) Um, yeah but with this playlist i didn't have like an overarching theme i was uh just like following the scenes and listening to the narration and paying attention and being like what song speaks to me right now that i would set this to this moment Mm. because the documentary is split up into like little chunks like about this bird and then this bird and this type Mm -hmm. of environment and Mm -hmm. so i ended up with 16 songs uh, making a 57 and minute and 17 second long playlist uh, that follows the arc of the uh, documentary. Okay, so you listen to the documentary, like the actual audio of it. 
partially. Um, there were parts of it that I just left muted because, like, you know, the narration is hit or miss. But and I was also working, so I had to just uh-huh. like I did. There were I like I'd say about fifty fifty. I was okay. listening to it versus just like uh, watching it on mute. Gotcha. Great. Very cool. Um, yeah, I had it on mute the whole time, but I had the subtitles on, um, but I wasn't really reading those. Um, and I ended up, I created my playlist beforehand of songs that I thought might be good. And then as I was watching, some of my songs reminded me of other songs that I added in on the fly. So my, my playlist ended up being longer than the documentary itself. Um, okay. I only got through about 14 songs. Do you want to, how do you want to do this? Should we just tell each other our playlist or talk about highlight moments or what do you think is the best approach to this? I think if we go back and forth and go down our playlist in order. Song by song. About, yeah. And maybe just go with Perfect. Say, like, what inspired that pick. Great. I love it. Okay. Do you want to start? I do. So I, the starting is always the hardest part of any creative project, right? And I was like struggling at first, but there was a lot of scenes of like birds being intense at the top of this documentary, like birds mm-hmm. fighting or splashing into water or like chasing each other. And I was like, this is so, so hype. And the first thing that came to my mind, and I just don't know what inspired other than that sense of like intensity and violence was <laughs> <laughs> Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's pretty good. Specifically, the like the very intro, the dunna, da, dunna, na, dunna. and like that. A lot of my uh, this is partly like what is going to be different about our playlist is that um, because I was listening to a lot of it, I had the rhythm of like the bird calls in my head. Um, mm. So there was also just like sounds of birds that sounded like that beginning, and I was like, Bulls on Parade feels perfect for this. Like these guys are fighting; these birds are fucking each other up let's go so that's how i that was my first song that's pretty fun um i took a gamble and i think i came up with probably the best first song of a bird documentary experience which is semi-charmed life by third (gasps) eye blind oh (laughs) it went perfectly with like the opening credits coming on and then at the beginning they sort of do this like overture of here's some of the birds you're gonna see in this <laughs> documentary it. and it, so yeah. it's like boop 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 do 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 and uh there is a great part where there was this little guitar riff that happened at the same time that it cut to an extreme close-up of a bird's eye and uh i was like showing this concept to a friend of mine at work and so he had one headphone and I had one headphone in and that moment happened. Uh, and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So it was like a proof of concept for me that this <laughs> thing still works. So Semi-Charmed Life was was my first song. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, emotionally, mine got a lot more chill right after that. So my second song was Cupid by 50, the K-pop group 5050. Mm-hmm. Um which is was very, 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 very popular on like TikTok and social media for a few months, because this one was more of like the intro to me, not like the cold open of like here's a bunch of birds. It's like oh, here's a bunch of beautiful birds outside. Mm-hmm. It's summertime. There's sun. There's light. There's happiness. There's birds falling in love. There's like mating rituals. Cupid is a very sappy love song. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it, it the the again the rhythm of it fit what was going on i've also been listening to a ton of sabrina carpenter recently and in creating this playlist i discovered that she has done a remix of that song or like a mm. feature on it um and so that's specifically the version that i think fits the most with the second part was uh cupid tw- the twin version which is the english version featuring sabrina carpenter gotcha my second song was the song here comes the sun by bill Wirtz, which is Ooh. different than the beatles here comes the sun i i wanted to do a thing where later i have a cover of the beatles here comes the sun but it was the first song that the playlist didn't get to um when i was watching through so my playlist construction thing didn't work anyway but that's mm, fine okay um here comes the sun the the bill Wirtz song has some weird like dissonant chord things happening in it so i thought it could be kind of interesting because there's a lot of mood switching in the song and it sort of worked because like you were saying there's like there was some conflict between the birds and then there's like we're building a nest together for our young and there was a metaphor there but it was a little too messy to to work so i don't know that it's a great bird documentary song but you know it's worth a try i forgot how good that song is i'm listening to it right now mm. yeah i wish i could just play all these songs so... under us talking that's not a stark work thing that's a copyright thing um yeah. you want my third song yeah what do you got i went hard in the paint dude i'm like uh amari stoudemire or uh come on think of one more basketball player alan you can do it just think of any other <laughs> basketball player lebron james uh i'm like lebron <laughs> james um i put my third song is bald by jpeg mafia um okay. so he played this song live when i saw him in concert and it's not only a very hype and loud song that builds really well, but it gives it's 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 giving Apex Predator, and there was like footage of a <laughs> of a bald eagle, yeah, and the a bald eagle like soaring and like going down, and it was like oh the bald eagle like descends and can see from very far away, and I was like let's go, and this song fits weirdly. Watch any footage of a bald eagle while listening to Bald by Jamie Mafia, and you'll be like oh mm-hmm. sure, sure sure sure, it's it's it hits. It's also just yeah. a great song. It samples uh, Ridge Racer four R four Ridge Racer four, which is incredible. Huh. Huh. Um, that sounds pretty fun. My so my with my third song, I started to get into songs where my suspicion is that the secret to a great bird documentary song is synthesizers, um, or that's uh. like one potential avenue. Another potential avenue is just like an up tempo catchy. Yes. song yes. um so i tried on melancholy hill the gorilla song Ooh. because i figured the boop 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 yeah. boop 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 like that part could be fun um it didn't quite live up to it although there was this amazing moment where there's like this overhead shot of a bird feeding this bright green bug to yeah. its young yep. and all of their faces are kind of like twitching and open mouthed and yeah yeah yeah. it felt like that should be the music video for this song um because there was such a sharp tonal contrast almost to the point that they made perfect sense together um so like imagine that image with the boom 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 boom
Um, yeah, so I I think it there could have been a better resonance there, but um, it was it was pretty good. What I love about doing bird documentaries as a thing is it's just a way to like because our minds are always trying to go into overdrive of like seeing patterns and making connections between things for sure for sure and so it's an activity that like is kind of fucking with that part of your brain where you have like the music and the moving image and everything that we've been taught to believe is that when there's a song and a moving image, they're supposed to fit together. And yeah. so your brain is like, okay, I need to make this work. So yeah. when it does work, you're like, yeah, oh my God. Oh. Okay, I figured it out. Um, yeah, anyway, so uh, your fourth. what's your fourth song? Lots of footage of birds um, mating and birds with their mates. Uh-huh. Um, fighting, loving, being together. A really sappy song that I always think of when I see couples being cute together is uh, Until I Found You by Steven Sanchez and M. Byhold, I believe is her name. Uh-huh. Um, it's a pretty new song, so I don't know if a lot of people heard it, but it was, again, popular. It was, like, viral for a while. Uh, and it's a duet. I love duets. I've, like, recently fallen back in love with duets because I was listening to a bunch of Postal Service when I heard that they were doing that reunion tour. And mm-hmm. I think my favorite Postal Service song is uh the one where the lady comes in partway through and sings with mm-hmm. him That's you know <laughs> you know the one um so until i found you it's like a song that you listen to for the first time and you're like this is from like the 70s or 80s right and it's from uh 2022 it's just like has a really good old school <laughs> feeling and yeah. i don't know just seeing all these birds like swoop in and it has a good like sweeping up like almost a waltz vibe uh that i think really worked tempo wise with birds boys my fourth song was i try by macy gray um this was one of this was one of my uh on the fly additions uh i was like oh what's that song so i figured it out the song dropped in on a cut to like these seabirds um yeah <gasps> that worked really well then there's a part where it's like the where she says and i'm dreaming of you and it cut to like a shivering baby bird uh that's going to be fed by its its parent scavenger bird and then for a while it was like i was following vultures and that kind of didn't make sense mm. and then when that key change hits on the the chorus later in the song, the key change came in and it cut to this sweeping drone shot of like a totally different environment. And then it was just slow motion shots of hummingbirds for the rest of the song. And it was awesome. (laughs) It like really fit the uh, emotional shift. So I think another thing that makes for a good bird documentary song is when there's like a very pronounced bridge or a key change. Um, because these documentaries are like constantly shifting episodes almost. They're like, okay, now we're, we're going to show you this bird. So a song that kind of moves and shifts like that, I think is a, is a good fit. Yes. I have key changes later in my playlist as well for that same reason. Give me um, your next three in a row. Let, let's start switching back and forth in chunks here. Sure. Um, Karma Chameleon uh, Culture Club. Nice. Good choice. Good choice. 
this was more an energy thing and also I think there was like a couple, there was a very colorful couple of birds that absolutely I my first thought was boy George. It was like it was like 80s colored birds. I was like, damn, this feels like Boy George. And then Carmen Chameleon was the only song that could come to my head. So there's yeah. that one. Honey and I by Haim. Um, I got back into Haim recently when I when I moved out because they were like the moving into my new apartment playlist for, for a while. And this is simple, but there was a, a segment about birds that eat bees. Uh, and mm-hmm. so Honey mm-hmm. and I, you know, Honey, Bees. I was like, sure. Fine. Um, and then I was getting a little uh, goofy with it. And when I saw the water birds slashing, you talking about like songs that match with birds splashing water? Mm-hmm. Uh, Down by the Water by the Decemberists. Oh. It's like kind of sick, especially after the intro. Yeah. I, I let that song play out all the way when I was watching it. I was like, I, I first of all, incredible song. But also, yeah. it fit really well. Nice, that's great. Thank you. Um, okay, my next three, I did. Why can't I? The Liz uh, Liz Fair song from the the soundtrack of a movie that we watched once that I'm not gonna name. <laughs> um, and <laughs> this one overlapped with a lot of like bird on bird murder. Um, or oh like <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> why can't i breathe and there's like a bird swooping on top of another, <laughs> or there's like an owl hunting a mouse in the snow <laughs> so it's wow. like didn't quite make sense uh then i did a song called so hot you're hurting my feelings oh um, caroline polachek uh-huh i freaking love that song sorry yeah which that was the one that was playing for me with the birds that were diving in the water so there's mm-hmm. like slow-mo birds submerging in water and it's going like oh 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 oh, oh." caroline polachek sounds like she was a bird in a past life and that's a compliment she has an incredible uh, voice yeah and caroline polachek was giving me imogen heap vibes so i on the fly added the imogen heap song good night and go which was extremely good uh to go along with a bunch of the like slow motion water bird, um, you know, gull stuff that was happening. I think that's a song that could probably just slot in wherever because there's a lot of ethereal vocal effect stuff and synthesizers and lots of mood changes and seeming tempo changes in, in that song. It's pretty complex. So I think Imogen Heap in general is probably a good choice of artist. To go along with your bird documentaries. Have you um, watched... Um, sorry, super quick thoughts on that. Uh, have you watched Imogen Heap's Tiny Desk? No, but I that sounds like something I would like. Highly recommend. She plays the gloves. You know, she like invented these oh, gloves. Oh, right. The gloves. It's so cool. You have to watch. It's one oh. of the best Tiny Desks ever, for sure. Um, okay. A lot of people actually compare Caroline to her, and also she's covered one of Caroline's songs before. I'm surprised they haven't got worked it. together. Got it. They're both like in that same blend, but yeah, good, good picks. Got it. All right, give me your next three. Okay, we've got. Sorry, now I'm listening to Caroline Polachek. Let's back that out. Uh, we've got Lies by Churches up next. Um, mm. I forget what the energy was, but I know that the Bones of What You Believe just turned ten, and they put out a re-release of that album. Yeah um so it's just been on my mind but uh oh yeah there was like birds swooping a lot there's lots of like birds racing through the sky lots of swooping yeah and this song definitely feels like an accelerating vehicle 
So that was what I was thinking of there. God, some of these, I'm just like, Alan, I know why you picked that. You could have to put a little bit more thought into that. And I, not that I apologize, <laughs> but like, this is the playlist I made, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for my art. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't Lose Sight by Lawrence. Um, Ooh, this, good choice. I knew you would say that. And that was half the reason I picked it. The other half was huh. because <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> There's a bird with really good eyesight. <laughs> and they're like, you can see things from a million miles away. And I was like, dun, this, da, 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 da. it felt right. It felt right. Uh, uh-huh. Oh, and then my third one there was uh, actually We Are Young by Fun. Okay. But not for, not for the reason you think. So my favorite thing about We Are Young is the first like eight seconds of it, right? The, da, 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 give me a second eye. Because he's asking for a second mm. eyeball. Boof. <laughs> 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 There was a bunch of footage of young birds, like, fighting for food and, like, eating worms to the exact rhythm of the drums at the beginning of We Are Young. And I was like, they are young, and they're doing it to the uh, beat. It was, like, so – it was, like, supernaturally perfect. Sure, yeah. So it's, like, a very basic song choice, but it felt exactly right for the moment of the documentary that I was watching. Okay, okay. Hit me with your next three. Um, This was another on-the-fly edition Call Your Girlfriend by Robin. Oh, one of my faves. And the best thing about this, this was the most intellectually satisfying um, uh, serendipity for me, was this song coincided with the part where there were different birds that were like burrowing and flailing around. So there was like the bird that burrowed into the sand and then there was the bird that was burrowing in the snow. And oh, yeah. That kind of looked like a palette swapped version of the music video of Call Your Girlfriend. Like the part <laughs> where she's on the ground dancing around, um, famously covered by Taryn Killam in the Saturday Night Live office. So it was this weird thing where I was like, oh my God, I'm the only person who's ever going to see this happen in front of me right now but like the bird is covering the dance from the music video for call your girlfriend right now um so that was that's fantastic i love that yeah i my next song was jump by van halen which was really more of a nostalgia pick for me because one of the other greatest bird documentary moments that i ever had was i played the song jump And then in a bird documentary I was watching, it was showing these birds that are like on the rocky crags near the ocean. And when waves come in, they jump over the waves. I'm not kidding you. And I didn't like do that on purpose. It happened. Mm -hmm. So I threw jump in here to see if I could catch lightning in a bottle twice. And it, it didn't happen. It didn't quite make sense with what was on the screen, which is fine. Um, and then I did, um, in retrospect, I, I would probably not have put this one on because it didn't work super great. The song Superman, It's Not Easy, the Five for Fighting song. Um, it was it's kind of funny. No, no, no. No, it's the, I can't stand to fly. Oh, I'm sure. not that naive, that one. Um, yes. It was kind of funny because the song came on at the same time as 
there were these birds that were like bullying a lizard. <laughs> and so it's yeah. kind of like a song from the lizard's point of view. But it was like a little too it's risky when you pick a song that's like slow or mid tempo. Um yeah. because it has to really work. Otherwise it's kind of just dead air until yeah. you get to the next one. Well, also, I'm more than a bird is in the chorus, so... (laughs) That's why I put it in, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I was trying to be cheeky. He's cheeking. Yeah. It's a good song, Um, though. It is a a nice song. Yeah. How many more songs did you have left? I had four left. I have six left. Six left. Okay, why don't you do three? I'll do four, you do three, and then I'll talk about my honorary mentions. Okay. Uh, So my next one is Shadow by Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, Ooh! We had some nighttime bird footage in there briefly. Uh, I also love, 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 love that song. And my brain was transitioning from prepping for this podcast to prepping for the next podcast (laughs) 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 where we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of talk about Carly Rae Jepsen on Patreon. So uh, that was partly why I picked this one. It's just like, yeah. Good choice. Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah. At this point, I'm like going for a walk and watching some of the documentary on my phone. Uh, mm-hmm. in the rain and birds are fighting again there's more bird conflict oh no i don't know regulate by warren g and nate dog comes in my head i'm like this is the song and also just again the rhythm of the like dun 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 it's like if you like try and do that beat with your mouth or with your head you start to look like a bird a little bit it's a bird like i love that so that's one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time um and then, uh, because I was then in a hip-hop mood, I put on Protect Your Neck by uh, the Wu-Tang Clan, because <laughs> there was a bird that was attacking other birds' necks. And I was like, That's Alan, good. this is so corny, but do it anyways. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I forgot to mention when Call Your Girlfriend was on. So it was the birds burrowing, and then it was the part where it's showing like the birds that are in the waterfall, and there's the rainbow in the waterfall. Yeah. And there are all these cool shots of like the the spray of the water and the birds inside the rainbow and stuff. And it was just like so gay and cool <laughs> while, while your girlfriend is playing. Yeah. Um, so that was great. <clears throat> My next song was Vienna by Billy Joel, which was another <gasps> like slow mid-tempo gamble. And it didn't quite hit. Um unfortunately but i do think that's a song that has strong bird documentary potential if deployed at the right time it's really hard i believe you but it's really hard it's tough though um then i went with a song that i think is just is just gonna work no matter where you slot it in which is hole up by kendrick lamar from section 80 um because it's just like it's got a laid back groove, but it has a momentum to it that's gonna kind of latch onto whatever it is you're watching. At first, I thought, well, this isn't quite hitting, but then I really settled into the song and, uh, you know, kind of cruised along with it and, and it was good. Uh, then I did Suddenly Seymour from the Little Shop of Horrors soundtrack. Okay, I see, I see. Um, sure. And. <laughs> It was fine up until the very end where they go, Seymour's your, and then it's like, man. And when they started in on the man, that part, it did this cut to like 
a big flock of birds flying out. Um, oh. It was perfect. Perfect. And then uh, I, I did a bunch of... have potential, yeah. Yeah, if, if those moments land at the right time. For sure. And then my last song, there were these slow-mo shots of birds flying along the sunset that transition into kids flying kites, and then the credits... And all of that was to the sound of Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. Um, and that was that was how I closed out the bird documentary. My favorite travel song of all time. Yeah. And that one I think is another one that just that just kind of works because it's a good staring out the window song. Yeah. It's yeah. Maybe the best staring out the window song. Quote but parentheses complimentary. So. Yeah. That is a whole genre type of music, but yes. Yeah. Um some of my stuff gets a little eclectic here with these last couple, these quickies. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, this one particular one does. So a artist that I like that's not very popular, her name is Elohim. She has a song called Buckets, which is a really weird discordant song. Oh, I'm looking at the part of the movie or of the documentary where I picked this. I know why I did it. There mm-hmm. was like a really dirty bird, like a really gross, like <laughs> messed up looking bird at like 43 minutes in, if you want to see what I'm talking about. Uh and he was just like flattered around doing his own thing. And Buckets is a song about like letting yourself be a little nasty and like not giving a fuck. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, this feels like that bird is listening to it on his AirPods. Like it's weird <laughs> how much this this specific bird that they linger on yeah. was just like a gross bird, uh, how yeah. much it fit with him. So that was Buckets by Elim. Um <laughs> This one's going to make you sad. I'm sorry in advance. You know, there's a section at the end about a father and a sunbird, uh, and how they like protect mm-hmm. the father, like gets bird moths for the son. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What's the first song that comes to my mind when I think of fathers and sons?" And you bet I put "Tears in Heaven" by Eric Clapton. Oh no! <laughs> Nuclear missile strike on my playlist. Oh no! I know it's one of the saddest songs ever written. Uh... So. This creates an arc, right? We're like, okay, well, now this has to end. Like, I'm crying, but I need a yeah. catharsis. What the fuck is my catharsis? And the end is, like, all this beautiful footage of, like, groups of birds. And uh-huh. a song that I recently fell back in love with, um, it, especially, like, when I'm working out, is The Communists ha- uh, Have the Music by They Might Be Giants, mm-hmm. which is an awesome song that builds so beautifully into a swelling, like, continuous chorus um, mm. that, that falls over the ending like miraculously yeah uh, not only because like this like all this footage of like migrating birds going together felt very communist to me but also just like you didn't listen to the, the um narration but the guy talks about like uh like we we are fascinated by birds because they can do things that we can't and we all as humans desire mm. the ability to fly and there's mm. something about the soaring nature of that and like the footage of the kites and then the communists have the music that I was like, yes, this is the, this is the like beautiful, the cathartic third act after tears in heaven. Let's go. That's um, great. That's lovely. That was my playlist. I love that. I had a couple honorable mentions of songs that I intended to have in this. Um, so these are ones that I think have potential. And okay. if you're out there and you want to make your own bird documentary playlist, you could try these out. So like I said, I had a cover of Here Comes the Sun. It's the Richie Havens cover, um, which has a lot of good. It's a live version, a lot of acoustic instrumentals. I think that could be good. Um, 
Nina Simone's version of I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free, I think is a fantastic one. 3005 by Childish Gambino, which uh, partly I put because it has a lyrical reference to Hole Up, the Kendrick Lamar song that I had on there. So I wanted those to echo each other. Um, Barcelona by George Ezra is just one of my favorite songs of all time. So I thought it could probably work. Unworthy of Your Love, the Ben Platt, Zoe Deutsch version uh, is like the version that I listen to. It's a song from the um, the Sondheim musical Assassins. Um, I put there because it's another duet like Suddenly Seymour. Um, I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado, of course, of could course. be good. Songbird, Fleetwood Mac could be good. It's a risky, slow one. Um, no shade in the shadow of the cross. Sufjan Stevens. Really, you could listen to Ooh. all of Carrie and Lowell <laughs> while doing a bird documentary. That's like the and saddest think, song on there. Yeah, oh. yeah, <laughs> that was the goal. Um, I but I bet you could do Carrie and Lowell watching a bird documentary, and you would like every emotion inside you would flood out of you. It would. It would be a complete cleanse um and then talking bird by death cab for cutie but the acoustic demo version from the open door ep um perfect not the album version because i don't love that version a couple quick thoughts about sufjan yeah uh, about suf if you will one yeah suf if you listen to all of carrie and lowell that's how (laughs) that's like the equivalent of bringing out a towel (laughs) carrie and lowell reference yes sorry i know i got the reference um if you listen to the whole album it's like wringing out a towel it'll make you cry like you're you're, until you're dry i he Uh also put out a new album this year called javelin like earlier this month that i haven't listened to and i'm afraid to listen to and you're like alan the the cover art looks so nice and also like how many tragedies can one person have in his life well guys uh the third song on this album is called will anybody ever love me so we're Um, back at it we're back at it Oh, Sufi. Sufi, I love you for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, God. Sufjan Stevens. Gosh, 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 gosh. Um, Well, that was fun. That was a really fun exercise. I'm glad you got me. Yeah, that was so fun. Uh, Please do this, everybody. Go look up a bird documentary, like an hour long one on YouTube. That's the only place. Yeah, if you just search bird documentaries on YouTube, there are a bunch of Mm -hmm. them um so you can find something and mute it or don't mute it preferably mute it just so you can kind of make the music yourself yeah uh... and specifically there are i was also in researching this i was finding like videos on youtube that were like eight hours 4k birds with bird sound like those videos are no good for this because a lot of them are static shots or um, like very minimal movement or slow tracking shots. The reason to watch like a produced nature documentary is because it helps you appreciate how much narrative thinking is going into the cinematography of this stuff. Like people who shoot for these nature photography, these nature documentaries are doing really cool, clever things with the camera that are brought out when your brain is like, oh my God, there's a song on. 
that is making me feel something. So I'm really searching for that thing in, in the image. Mm -hmm. So, you know, find something that was like produced to be watched as a film rather than someone being like, here's a, you know, bunch of moving pictures of birds to help you relax. I don't think that would work quite as well. Yeah. The documentary also has a built in arc, like an editor went in and like cut, right. Cut it to be, you know, have an arc. So yeah, definitely recommend just mute it and throw and then put on and this is you know i was telling michelle i was like hanging out with an old friend on sunday and we were talking about like games and things that people don't do anymore and we were both in an improv class together and we were talking about how fun it is to do stuff like this where there just is no wrong answer because there's so many things that we do in life where it's like you probably could have done that better you could have optimized that better and like you cannot make a bad bird playlist. I put Caroline Polachek and Wu Tang Clan in the same, or we we in the same podcast episode. We had Caroline and Wu Tang Clan, uh, and and <laughs> Sufjan Stevens, and, and to the same documentary. Mm-hmm. So like, you can't do it wrong, but what you can do is do it. So I recommend that you do it. Great. And now my well, YouTube recs are like hey, small birds, 8K Ultra HD with names and sounds. And it's like <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I want. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of the bird episode of Chats in a Pickle. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Alan. I had great, great, great fun with this little triptych of ours. Um, Again, see if you can be the first to chat me all the names of the birds you heard on this episode. Here's the last bird. Here's the last one. Ready? Uh, (laughs) aren't we all so next time on chats in a pickle it's a listener suggestion coming from friend of the podcast and friend in real life um you're all friends in real life too you know what i mean Uh, this is like a person who has been my personal friend for a long time justin who suggested that we play the game venba which is a cooking game that uh, we should be able to find on PC or Switch. So we're going to play Venba for next week's episode and let you know what we thought. Uh, the problem with Amanda listening to the podcast is that like two weeks after the episode comes out, I'll get a text at six in the morning where she'll say, do you ever feel like the letter D is a stinky letter? <laughs> and I have, to, I, have to, I have to roll my brain back and go, when the fuck did anybody see? Oh, oh, that's a, that's a reference to us. And then I have to say much thoughts about D. <laughs> that's really it's funny. A, oh, man. Yeah, I love it. I love this weird little show that we do. We talk about yeah. birds for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of weird little shows, Alan, where else can people hear you and find you on the Internet? Um, I am on a bunch of podcasts. Uh, I'm on a bunch of stuff on scamonmedia.com, including the Creature Quorum and the Garnet Wager, which we're recording this week, hopefully a new episode. Um, we're going to be covering Carmen Sandiego because the Korean game show we were watching is bad. Uh, I can also be found as the co-host of Talking Marketing, a bi-monthly marketing podcast found at amaboston.org, where we have some very, very cool plans for some in-person episodes uh in the near future so check out talking marketing i we had somebody in the discord recently who was like alan what is the appeal of talking marketing to someone like me and it's like it's a hangout podcast that stars me you know that's the answer to be to be a little bit selfish it is a marketing focused and business-centric podcast if that stuff has ever been interesting to you 
not even from a like capitalism way, but just like, a, I don't know, how do I make a company? How do I, what do I go to college for to do that? That's the kind of stuff that I always try to focus on with it. Um, so I think that's the value of something like talking marketing, just to give my own little elevator pitch. Nice. But what about you, big man? You can hear me on another podcast that I do with Justin, who I just mentioned, called Super Smash Echoes, where we play video games related to the Super Smash Brothers franchise and the associated characters who show up in it. Super Smash Echoes, check it out. You can also read some of my writing on my Substack at notthemagellan.substack.com. Check that out as well. Now it's time for us to do the plugs for our show. I'll take the plug zone this week. So if you guys have questions, comments, concerns for us, our email address is chatspod at gmail.com. We are at chatspod on Twitter slash X slash the hell site. Uh, we are chats, a television podcast on YouTube where you can find these episodes for free on there. And you can subscribe to us for other video content and stream archives from our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash chatspod. I think we're due for a new stream actually. Now that I think about it, it seems like it's been a minute. Um, if you like the podcast and you want to support us, we are uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify where you can rate and review us. We are on every other platform if you want to just listen and recommend us to your friends. Uh, we always can encourage folks to support the strikers right now, um, particularly the SAG-AFTRA actors. Um, so we have an, a link to the entertainment fund if you want to help them out. And if hey, come here. Come in close. Do you want to support us financially? Do you want to give us a little bit of your money and then get content in return as part of a sort of patron and pa patronage um, relationship? Well, patreon.com slash chatspot is the number one source for that. And at one, three, or five dollars a month, you get a plethora of bonus content by supporting us. Uh, at three dollars, you get things like chats nights where we hang out and do more silly stuff like this, you know, formatless. Uh, you get commentary chats where we watch movies, some of which are struck word. <gasps> Don't tell anyone. And uh, you also get pilot chats where we watched TV shows that are struck work. <gasps> Please don't tell anyone. And then at $5 or more, you get all of that plus a thank you at the end of every main feed episode. And as of today, our main feed thank yous include Arthur, Emrys, Jen, Justin, Kat, Lee, Marcus, May Louise, Michael, Magellan's mom, Pat, Noel, Six, and Stefan. Thank you guys for supporting chats. All things chats can be found at chatspod.com. Our main feed art was done by Camilla. She's at Camilla Strader on the podcast platforms. And before we go, we talked to Pickle Check. We talked to the pickle itself. It, now it's time for a chat sum from each of us. That is a recommendation, a bite-sized snacking piece of media or thing to do with your time between now and next week. Magellan, can you hit me with your chat sum this week, please? Yeah, I got two for you. So I'll give you one first from the uh, Halloween party that I mentioned before. So I trotted out a few different Halloween-adjacent board games that I had to have a little game room at the, the party. And this is a game that I bought for last year's Halloween party, but uh, I didn't end up playing. But I did play this time around. It's called Monstrosity. And uh, a friend of mine sort of remarked at like this weird state that we're in with board games where there were a set of board games that probably influenced Jackbox games. And now there are a set of board games that are trying to be like physical Jackbox games. So this is kind of like that. Um, it's, it's a physical Jackbox game in a way. Essentially, the way it works is everybody gets a little whiteboard. Um, except for one person who draws a card that has 
a very uh, odd looking monster on it. And so they need to memorize the monster on the card, put it down, and then they have two minutes to describe the monster to everybody else. And everybody's trying to draw it on their whiteboards from the description. Oh. And then you flip the card over and you compare everybody's drawings to the original and vote on like who did the best job of drawing this monster just from the, the eyewitness description, essentially. Um, it's a lot of fun. And you can like the drawings end up coming out surprisingly similar uh, at times. Mm -hmm. At times, people make stylistic decisions that make them very different. And it's really interesting to see just what people hear and what details stick and how to explain things to each other and, you know, whatever. It's also one of those games where, like, you could just not keep score and have fun. Just play yeah. it. And people were coming in and out of it at the party at one point. I think we had, like nine or ten people playing at the same time and we found p bits of paper and other whiteboards around the house so um it's a truly a party game in in all the best ways so i'd recommend monstrosity um for sure and then my other recommendation is uh at my friendly local game store there was recently a an invitational well, not invitational i guess but it was sort of like uh these Folks who run a D&D actual play podcast were like, we're going to be at the store and people can come play D&D with us. And so uh, I did that. I played D&D with two of the folks who host the show When Crit Happens. And um, they were very nice, very... The Dungeon Master is a very good Dungeon Master. And then the other person who was there who was, there, who was playing um, is really sweet and funny and and... Um, I had a great time playing with the folks from When Crit Happens. And uh, the twist on their approach to actual play is they have like a debrief of the session after they do it. So like their episodes are kind of half actual play and half breaking down and discussing like what was going through your head at this time, what themes from the game resonate with things that you've been thinking about and they're kind of tackling it as like the reason we like rpgs is because it's a place to explore your identity and real world themes and messy stuff like that and so we want to actually do that on the podcast so when crit happens is my other chatsum can i say something about each of your chatsums really quickly yeah monstrosity uh on one hand i was a little annoyed because i was like wait i invented this game what are you guys talking about <laughs> um because during covid I, I would have some friends my two friends over at the time and we would play this game which is exactly monstrosity where except instead of monsters i would just like uh draw something random for five minutes and then one of the other people would go into a closed room mm -hmm. and record a voice memo for 30 seconds describing the drawing and then the next the third person would draw it based on mm. the description and and I thought I was the, and I actually got that from my Game Grumps video. So like it's not it's a tried and shoot concept. It's cool that they made it into a board game. Uh -huh. um, also, definitely gonna check out when crit happens. This is like such a simple thing, but it matters to me to see not one but two he they people on a podcast mm -hmm. and not feel like I'm <laughs> nothing wrong with you as the cis man. That's like your role at prescribed by the world, and I love that about you. But. Uh, that's wonderful that there. This is such a cool, diverse group of people doing this cool D and D yeah, podcast. Yeah, and a lot of what they talk about in their intro episode is like D and D is a place where we've explored 
gender and like that's cool but also it's a hobby where there's a lot of cis white guys so it's not always a comfortable place to do that um so so yeah i think it's a it's a cool podcast worth checking out and you got to meet them i'm so <laughs> yeah they were really nice <laughs> i'm gonna cry that's so cool um anyway what about you chat some i have one chat some but it's a strong okay, one let's hear it. uh i was reminded today of one of my favorite albums of the last 10 years, which is Endless Fantasy by Anna Monaguchi. Mm -hmm. um, and this is part of a greater like exploration I've been having online with folks about the origins of different genres of music and like how a lot of modern pop music, like hyper pop and stuff like 100 Gex and whatnot, stems from a specific like extended friend group living in Brooklyn, New York, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, like in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, Learning that people like Danny Brown, Das Racist, Caroline Polachek, Childish Gambino were all at some point working together and like doing music together. And then they all branched out and did their own things mm -hmm. about like discovering the, the like, like the origin of fire or something. Mm. Um, because so much of that has like branched out into other stuff. And Anamanaguchi was like in some of those scenes, mm. you know, doing chip, like pioneering chip tunes, which someone described to me as the thing that turned into hyperpop. So, like, huh. you don't really have 100 Gex without having chiptunes. Even though those feel really different, they come from the same place of, like, you know, computer sounds that sound like music. Mm. Um, and Endless Fantasy is definitely a, a, a uh, sort of, like, crucial touch point to all of that. I was obsessed with this album in summer of 2013. I, like, kickstarted it. I loved that video where they sent a pizza into space and all that stuff they did mm -hmm. for their their campaign. Mm -hmm. And it's I listened to it today, and it's it holds up so well. Like, Prom Night, the best song oh, on that album, such a good song. is a song that you can't, you don't make that, you don't hear that song today. That is a distinctly 2013-ass song, if you listen to yeah. it. Like, production, lyrics, etc. Great song, great album. If you haven't listened to it and you want a sort of, like, Rosetta Stone for where a lot of that genre of pop music and electronic music came from, yeah. check out Endless Fantasy by Anna Managuchi. Nice. Ah! You ever like put yourself out there emotionally and like with things that matter to you and it like feels both thrilling and terrifying at the same time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what podcasting <laughs> feels like for yeah, me. Definitely. Anyways, <laughs> thanks John for bringing me on this bird adventure with you. This was very, very fun. Thanks for, thanks um, for beaking it up with me. Oh, get beaked. Get beaked. Um, thanks for being the... Thanks for being <laughs> Thanks for being the swallow to my tit because we're both gross <laughs> names for normal birds. <laughs> uh. <laughs> both birds. Both I'm talking about birds. Um and thank you guys so much for listening to Chats in a Pickle. Goodbye. Bye.